Welcome back to The Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Will. And on today's episode, we're covering a series uh, we put together uh, called Why Men Hate Going to Church. We got put onto this topic by listening to podcasts from The Art of Manliness, which is authored by Brett McKay. It's uh, podcast 253, Why Men Hate Going to Church, where he interviewed the author of a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church, David Murrow. Yeah, so David uh, wrote this book, um, not just based off his own experiences, but also, you know, talking with a lot of other men who don't go to church and um, some of those reasons why. And I think overall, it does discuss um, kind of the feminization of church, which uh, is, I think, more than evident if you look at at church today. And uh, but more specifically, chapter ten discusses the twelve things men fear about church. And so we're going to cover those twelve things starting today. Yeah, so uh, here we are. First of all, um, I just want to say discussing these 12 things in a series um, 12 weeks long might just be a little bit too long. It's definitely been a long series. It's been a long, long series. I I don't know. Maybe we're boring our listeners with all the different topics, but... I think it's been good for me to just read through this and then talk about it. And and maybe they're not all things that I've dealt with, but having an understanding of what maybe other people are going through, it can probably be a tool I can use to get people to church. Well, and I feel like this whole series has been, um, I think there's so much meat in it that um, it's like eating an elephant. You know, you just kind of have to... Mm. Take a little bit at a time. Yeah, I've only had an elephant in a year. <laughs> but, uh, but I agree because every time we say, hey, this is going to be our shortest podcast, I think. <laughs> we and then up, it's like 25, yeah. 35 minutes long. And seriously, we could just keep going. The goal is always like, okay, 15, <laughs> 20 minutes. And at 26, we're like doing the whole, you know, wheel of wrap it up. Let's yeah. go. You know, <laughs> I think this is going to be the one guys. I think, I think this is the one. And also we'll this is hit. one for the ladies as well. So yeah. share this with your wife or lady friend or quite possibly. Maybe you should have someone else share it with her. If uh, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> that's just probably in, smart. Just in case, uh, maybe there's a little bit of, um, animosity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we've covered a bunch of things. Uh, last week we covered all they want is my money. And so we talked about tithing and why men stay away from the church. Uh, other than, other than you know, I'm not going to go through all of them, but go back and listen. I think they're worth the time. But this week we are talking about I'm jealous, how jealousy keeps men from the church. And so... Uh, We'll just start right in. All right. Uh, Country singer Hayes Carl penned this lyric. She left me for Jesus, and that just ain't fair. She says that he's perfect. How could I compare? When a woman falls in love with Jesus, her boyfriend or husband may panic. Linda Davis writes, quote, All he knows is that she's in love with someone else, 
and he is jealous. Instead of remaining the first priority in her life, he's suddenly been demoted to number two after God, end quote. How is a man supposed to compete with someone he can't even see? Today's American man typically has just one friend, his wife. When Jesus enters the picture, she's got a new best friend. Men feel rejected, so they fight back the only way they know how, by refusing to have anything to do with church. Take that, Jesus. It's a normal male response to a rival. Some women fall hard for Jesus, others for the church or the pastor. Sabrina Black recalls a time when she returned from church to her husband's withering stare. Quote, if I want anything done around here, all I need to do is call the church. Let your pastor tell you, because you do what the pastor says to do, he said. When the pastor says he needs somebody, you come running. When the pastor says there's a committee or a project, you show up. If I ask you to do something, you're too busy. Sons also notice when mom is gone all the time, feeding her savior complex. Boys think church is something that takes mother away. Sons can become just as resentful as husbands, but they may not feel entitled to speak up. So obviously, it seems like he talked about in this paragraph, it's, it's more on the women uh, that he's talking to here and how they're reacting uh, when maybe they, he, he almost talks about it as maybe, you know, it's an unchurched couple, the wife becomes saved, and all of a sudden she's putting all her time to the church and the pastor and God. Um, sure, and, and I think we see that, or at least we have seen that, maybe, um, maybe not in person, but maybe heard the story or uh, whatever, where... You know, an unchurched couple, um, typically it is women who start going to church first. Right. You know, women tend to be a little bit more um, communal. Would that be the right word? Where, where you know, they're just more social creatures, uh, typically. And so when, um, you know, when they're invited to church by a friend, uh, they're more apt to go. And, you know, maybe they see the men at the church being more like what they want out of a husband. And I'm not saying that in in every case, but, you know, maybe more attentive to their spouse's needs or um, whatever it might be. And, and so they, they fall hard. And of course, you know, what are they told to do? Well, um, pray for your husband, get close to God, and, mm-hmm. you know, draw him in, right? Um, unfortunately, I think most of the people that are kind of uh, saying that probably are the women who don't quite yeah, understand sure. men. <laughs> um, but, you know, even if we focus on just churched people, um why why would a man stop going to church in this instance i mean when my wife sure. and i first started dating I mean, that was that was the expected priority god number 1 me number 2 and 
the kids. Right. You know. Number three. <laughs> Four, five, five, six. However many kids you have. <laughs> yeah. so, so, right. So, speaking from a, a clearly unchurched couple, I could... It's, I think it's pretty obvious to see how this jealousy could manifest itself, you know, in in the husband if the wife's the one that comes to, to Christ first, and you know they they've spent however many years together, having all the time with their only friend, their wife, and now all of right. a sudden their wife has other people, another person, uh, someone they're being told should be priority in their life over that husband. Right. So I think it's pretty obvious to see that in, in an unchurched couple. But so, so where you're coming from is, okay, well, now we're talking about a husband and a wife that both go to church. And how can, how can jealousy manifest itself in such a way that it's going to push the husband away? And, and I think, honestly, I think that's just a... Um, I, <clears throat> maybe I'm just... I don't mean to take the man's side on this one, <laughs> but um, most men I talk to are very jealous. Sure. Um, and uh, I've I've talked to quite a few men who uh, have admitted to being jealous of even their children, right? Taking up so much time from uh, from their spouse. Yeah, and and I I. I'm on board with it. I can understand that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say that I've really experienced this in my personal relationship, but I I can see where, um, I can see where some women are so involved and where those involved activities take them, outside of the home, maybe on an evening and another evening and another evening or, right. or, you know, um, maybe, maybe it's a, a, a prearranged agreement, you know, where, um, the wife is staying home and uh, she's going to be taking care of the kids in the home while the husband's out at work and, you know, the husband opens up his, underwear drawer for the third time and there's no clean underwear because you know she's been too distracted doing sure. you know other things you know helping whatever and and it's not like it's bad things that she's doing mm-hmm. but I think we need to focus on and again I'm I'm not supporting the jealousy but I will say this do d- does anybody think it would be more possible to change the jealous man or to understand that men are typically jealous <laughs> and respond accordingly. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, of course it's going to be easier. Yeah. You, you, to you understand you have an angry barking dog. Mm-hmm. The dog shouldn't, you know, the proper behavior for the dog is to, you know, uh, heal and not bite. But are you going to are you going to act in accordance with what the dog should be doing, or with what you expect the dog to do based on its natural behaviors? Right. I mean, so you should put a choker chain on your husband. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, hey, you know what you do in the, in the marriage bed is what you do. So, so I I certainly agree with you that obviously I think men are just naturally 
more jealous and it makes it easier for men to become jealous even when your wife is doing godly things, helping sure. other people out, sure. serving at church. However, um, to fight you on this one a little, uh, <laughs> there has to, so there's got to be a line where, especially a, a Christian couple, you can allow your wife to go do these things without getting jealous. Um, and I think it can, the, the reason that you're stopping her, you have to figure out what that reason is. Why don't you want her to go out another night? Is it really because you want her home and want to talk to her and want to have time together? Or is it because men are also very controlling? <laughs> it, so, so I guess it, ding, com ding, ding. Yeah, it comes down <laughs> to the reason. Like, right. Do I want my wife to not attend two Bible studies a week because I, it really hurts me that she doesn't want to spend time with me? Or are you jealous because you want her to make your dinner for you? Like, or, or, or sure. Whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. like there's gotta be a just reason also f for you to become jealous. You can't just be controlling and call your jealousy godly because it's your wife or, or justified or right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I totally agree. I think the key element here is communication. Sure. So, you know, part of, uh, <laughs> in fact, probably the largest part of a marriage is unity, mm -hmm. right? So when, um, when, when you're the wife who is feeling, uh, feeling like they need to be more involved, more dedicated, yeah. um, the, the key I, I think here is that you need to one communicate properly with your spouse and two realize that you and your spouse need to be unified in your, um, in your worship, not just unified, sure. you know, you're, you're unified in everything, right? You're, you're unified in your finances. You're unified in your, um, five-year plan, right? You're unified in your, uh, raising your, of your children, right? Mm -hmm. How, how, your expectations and, and disciplinary um, actions. Why are we not being unified in our expectations for church service? Right. Sure. In our worship. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a good point. So obviously it all comes down to uh, communication and letting your needs be known to your spouse, obviously. So in scripture, we're called to put the needs of our spouse before our own. And if we're clearly communicating what we want and what we need to our spouse, the give and take that's going to come from the end of that, if we're following God's command is going to be okay for both of us. And she's going to get to go serve when she wants in worship. And you're going to get to have her home when you want her home and vice versa. And Theoretically, you'll live happily ever after. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I I guarantee you, wives, I guarantee you that your husbands, whether they tell you or not, I guarantee you that your husbands 
have this little box inside their brain that if you open it will say, I'm insufficient in accordance with where Christ wants me to be. I know. Well, certainly. I, I mean, one, we can never measure up to, to Christ, mm-hmm. right? Because he was perfect and we are not. <laughs> but that doesn't stop most of us from, A, understanding that we should strive to be, and B, wanting to be. I mean, yeah. I, I hate it when I... I blow up and yell at my kids or my wife or whatever, you know. Um, I hate it when I have a, you know, when I don't get up and do devotions in the morning or whatever it might be. I I know that I'm failing from even where I want to be. And so when when there's this this view or or uh help me out here (laughs) it you know it it, it's gonna come across as if um you as a as a spouse are um ashamed of your husband at some time you know wanting uh I wish they were leading the children better, yeah, leading exactly. Bible studies, wish they were home more. Exactly. And I guarantee you that your husband is feeling that same way. Mm-hmm. I wish I was leading better. I wish yeah. I was home more. And so when when he sees this um, natural uh, distraction to a perfect Christ and, and wanting to um, be more and more involved is very easy for men to um, want to pull away, even God-fearing men, I think. Um, I've, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the good communication and the, the give and take that's going to come naturally from that and putting your spouse's need first, I think is going to be the biggest deterrent to men having this jealousy in their lives. In their marriage. That's it for this episode of the Gathering Podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We'd also appreciate a good review. But more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for the Gathering Breakfast, held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18, where we'll have plenty of bacon. And we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.